Have you heard of Raise Them Well? It's our company that we started back when I was pregnant with our second son, Hutch, and we couldn't find the supplements and the trustworthy products that we were really looking for for our own family. And so Wiggy and I decided to create our own and Raise Them Well was born. We provide a lot of different products, including vitamins and supplements for your children, really great magnesium products, prenatal vitamins, and more. So make sure you check out RaiseThemWell.com for all of those offerings, especially if you're looking to clean up your family's products in the new year and maybe just get a little bit crunchy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I'm so excited to invite one of my favorite people in the whole world to the show, Taryn McGarry. Welcome, Taryn. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And for those of you who have been around Raise Them Well and Cross Training Couture and even Mom Sanity for a while, Taryn is the lady behind the scenes that makes stuff happen. I don't know what I would do without her, and she is amazing. So, um, one of the, <laughs> on top of being my brain for me half the time, I feel, and keeping <laughs> me on track, um, Taryn happens to also homeschool her, her children. And I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your family, Taryn, and just a little bit about your venture into homeschool before we tackle our three big topics for the day. Sure. Um, I have three little boys and I never really saw myself as, as I never planned on homeschooling. I think if somebody had told me when my oldest was in preschool that I would homeschool, I probably would have laughed and thought they were crazy. Um, so it's definitely been a journey getting to a place where it was even something that, you know, we decided to do as a family. And we got there by um, a lot of reading, a lot of um, kind of just exploring the topic. My mom was very um, instrumental in us homeschooling. She thought it would be great. And I was like, mm, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. You take that somewhere else. <laughs> But it was enough that it got me thinking and it got me um, to look into it a little bit. And the more I read, the more I just um, I saw the value in it. And then the more I prayed about it, the more I just felt this urging that, um, you know, it was really what God wanted for our family. Yeah, that's awesome. It's interesting. Um, You know, I always say if anything ever happened to our school, which for those of you that don't know, our kids go to a private Christian school that's very unique in our city. It's also the most diverse private school in the state of North Carolina, which makes it a really fun and interesting place. But I um, have told Taryn, too, that if anything ever happens to our school, that I'm going to be looking to her to help me get started because I don't really think there are any other schools in our area that I would be interested in sending my kids to. And so um, it's because even, even to say that for me is a lot because yeah, I, I very much have said before, never would I ever, but (laughs) I've been surprised by that before, you know, all the things I said I'd never do that I now do all the time. Um, (laughs) So 
tell us a little bit about, um, you know, I know you did a lot of reading and that kind of thing. I think there is so much overwhelm in just the idea of getting started. So back when you kind of decided to get started, what were some of the, what were the key things that you had to have in place in order to feel like you were as ready to be, as ready to go as you um, could be? Actually, let me take that a step back. If you had to do over again, what are the few things that you need to have in place in order to get started? And what are some of the things that maybe we would think we definitely need to figure out that probably you can kind of just let go and not worry about? I think there's a lot to let go of and not worried about. Probably that's probably one of that's probably one of the biggest things I would tell people at the beginning is to not take on too much, you know, not feel like you have to do so much. Um, you think that you have to have everything planned out for like years in advance or lesson plans. And, um, you have to have all these little details ironed out and it's not necessarily the case. Um, and I also feel like one of the biggest, um, things that can set you up for success is finding a community of other moms that homeschool. I was really fortunate that when I first started going down this path, I had a friend who was also going to be homeschooling and she had done so much research and she had learned um, all this information about different curriculums and different uh, co-ops and, and opportunities for homeschool kids. And so I was able to absorb so much from her and we also then met another mom who she has six kids and her oldest, they range in age now from, I think like four to 20. So, and she had homeschooled all six, her oldest, she had homeschooled all the way through. And those moms are just so valuable to new moms starting out because they can really help you kind of calibrate your expectations and let you real, like, let you know that, you know, you don't have to have such high expectations for yourself that you can relax a little bit. And she really helped me in that. And knowing that she had already gone through, you know, homeschooling a child all the way through, it just really gives you that confidence to be like, Oh, well, she knows what she's doing. You know, I can, right. I can trust right. her. So I think getting that community around you of other moms at varying stages. So you know, it probably wouldn't have helped me as much if I had only had moms around me that were at my same point in homeschooling that we, we were all starting off together. It's so valuable to have those moms that have gone before you that have said, oh, I've tried that curriculum. It's not you don't want that curriculum. You want this one, you know, or this is why we didn't like that one that can they can just give you that hands on knowledge that you just don't have yet. Right. What would you um what, what is your, and I know it probably varies a lot, but I think it's always interesting to hear about what the average day in the life looks like for you. And I think it's also, um, you know, you also work not mm -hmm. full time, just like I can't work full time anymore either, but, um, you also work inside of your home. And I think it's one of the most interesting things about Almost all of the homeschooling moms that I know actually do something to bring income into their family. And usually that is outside the box. It's not necessary. It's usually not going into an office for 40 hours a week. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily work as well. But I know, um, for example, some nurse practitioners that 
work weekends and homeschool their kids during the week. And, um, and, or I actually know one who homeschools her kids while she's working because she works from home in a remote position. And so, um, she's, I mean, her employer is actually okay with that, which is pretty neat. But, uh, I think that's one of the things that we also, I think we, the culture generally thinks that if I homeschool, it is the only thing I'm ever going to do with my entire life. And so tell me a little bit about your day, like an average day, and then all the other things that you kind of have flexibility with if and when you need to. Yeah, that's so true. I think so many people think that that your homeschooling will then make up your entire life and you'll have nothing else um, going on. And, and, and I'm sure that there are some people that, um, that do more of that than, you know, than others, but there is such a variety, um, in work schedules and what people do. It's really interesting when you start talking to other women, all the things that they do, um, for our typical day and it kind of, it can vary. I know moms that have really set schedules and that works really uh, well for them. I kind of think of ours as more of a rhythm than a schedule. We just kind of get into a certain rhythm and routine. I don't really look at a watch necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. But typically, you know, I don't wake the kids up at any certain time. Um, they're usually downstairs by <laughs> in varying, you know, sometimes it's the youngest, sometimes it's the middle. Most of the time my oldest is the last to come downstairs. Um, but usually they're all down by eight thirty, nine o'clock. And so we eat breakfast and then we just kind of mosey upstairs whenever we're done. And the biggest um, kind of thing that I've, I've scheduled is just more in the order in which we do things for school. Mm-hmm. And I always start our school day with, we read from the Bible and we do a devotional and I didn't always do that. And when I started to do it, I noticed not only a difference in like, it kind of helped us get set for school, but it helped me with school because it got me into a different place. It reminded me that this was something that God was calling our family to. It wasn't just something I had to get done to get on the, with the rest of my day. It was a calling. It was a mission. And so making sure that our kids knew that too. And so we really make sure that we prioritize that time because it's easy to get rushed and want to get through things Mm -hmm. um, and kind of skip over that. But we really try to make sure that we like that is a priority. So we do it first. And then I have two that I'm homeschooling right now because my youngest isn't old enough yet. Um, But it's the, this year has been my first year where I've had two at different um, grades. So usually I'll get my oldest started on something since he can read. So I'll get him kind of started and he can read his way through things and I'll jump over to the other one and we'll kind of go back and forth that way until our schoolwork is done. And that we're usually done before lunch and we have lunch. And then in the afternoon is usually when I work, um, when my youngest is down for nap and the older two, usually they just go outside and they play in the woods or they find weird things to stir together into concoctions. You know, I don't really know. They kind of make their own fun and kind of explore on their own. And that's usually how our typical day goes. That's what mine are doing right now. So yeah, (laughs) they're outside somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, I don't homeschool and, but, and Tara does Our kids have been friends since they were little teeny tiny and we're both Mm -hmm. boy moms and we love going places together because the chaos that ensues (laughs) as they see these, you know, seven little boys. (laughs) Anyway, side note there. Um, 
tell, I, I know it's curious a lot of times when there is a younger child that isn't school age yet and maybe isn't even preschool age yet because your, your youngest is just turning three, right? Yep. So yep. especially when he was like little, little, or maybe even a toddler, that's probably the hardest. Mm-hmm. How did you manage that? I mean, I definitely, it's definitely frustrating at times. I think if you're a mom in that stage and you're feeling really frustrated, um, you are not alone. I think every mom that has a toddler at their ankles while they're trying to teach someone gets frustrated a lot of the time. Um, I do try to keep separate toys in our homeschool room that he doesn't have access to any other time of the day. So, you know, specific puzzles or just other little things that he likes. That's really the only time he gets to play with them. So that helps a little bit. That kind of buys you some time at least. Right. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. We have like our little mini trampoline in there. So sometimes he'll be over there bouncing on that. Um, I think it, it probably definitely challenges my other two to kind of stay focused mm-hmm. <laughs> when that's going on behind them. But you know, there, then there are days that you are just holding somebody the entire time, you know, and, and then I have days that we just don't even do it because, you know, we've had times where he's sick or not feeling well, and it just doesn't work out for our day. And I think it's important to give yourself that grace on those days and just say, you know what, it's just not going to happen today. And that's fine. You know, everything's (laughs) going to be fine. You don't have to stress about skipping a day here and there. You'll get it in another time. And it's not that big a deal. Right. Right. And I love that perspective, the, the flexibility that ensues. Um, and, and what would you say, like, you know, as far as I think in traditional school, we think about a, you know, the school calendar starting and ending and that kind of thing. Do you kind of set that or do you play it by ear to see, okay, how many days are we not like, are we need to complete this specific, um, curriculum or how does that normally look as far as how you how do you know when you're done for the year is my question I suppose that's well and that's kind of interesting because especially for my oldest we're at that point where you do technically have to keep attendance you have to Mm -hmm. mark down the days that you do school but what you categorize as school is really anything you know if we go somewhere you know if we take a field trip or you know that's school for us so we tend to be pretty fluid with our schedule. I'm usually, um, it's usually when the curriculum runs out (laughs) Mm -hmm. is when we are end of the year. And I, you know, I definitely try to, at first I thought I would do year round schooling. And then this last summer I decided, you know, I think I'll give them a break and I don't know what I'll do year to year. I think it's just one of those things that you can change. And if you feel like you want to go ahead and buy next year's curriculum, go ahead and buy it. (laughs) Right. Um, But sometimes you just need that break too. And that, and that's really nice. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, So as far as, you know, I think there's a lot of intimidation around being able to teach. And I know that's one thing that I question myself a little bit, but I will say one of the things that kind of made me realize if I have things set out to do that maybe it's not as hard as I might think is when everything was shut down for a couple of months. Um, We only fortunately were out of school for about two months that I became teacher only for my oldest at the time. Um, But like, how do you reconcile that as far as I am not like the feelings of, of not being able to be 
a good teacher or not being great at math or reading or whatever it might be that, that, that would be extra challenging to teach. Um, how do you kind of reconcile that and plug forward, push forward? I'd say it's probably two things. The first of which is in how you select your curriculum. I look for curriculum where the teacher's guides, I mean, it basically gives me a script. I'm just reading and it's mm-hmm. even telling me like, this is the correct answer that your child should give you. Right. Um, and especially, and maybe that's something that you would only need in one particular subject. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly with my, the, um, my middle son, I've had to do less of that because I've already, I just taught it, you know, a year or two before. So you gain that confidence in it. Um, but I love curriculums that tell me exactly what to say and exactly what the answer is. Right. I need that, you know, because I doubt I'll doubt myself because I don't have a teaching background. Um, so I think those are really helpful. And the other thing, and as I was talking to my husband about this recently, because those doubts really never go away. You never think, oh, now I'm really great at this and I'm doing everything right. Go me. Like you're going to struggle with doubts you know, probably daily, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, and that's normal. But what I've started reminding myself of lately is that, you know, God has called me to this and he's going to equip me. It's not up to me. Like I know that he's going to equip me and he's done way bigger things than equip me for homeschooling. You know, like (laughs) this is not, this is not big for him. You know, I, he, I, I can rest assured that he will equip me for what he's called me to do. So those are kind of the two biggest things that I remind myself of when I start to get really discouraged. Sure. No, I think, I mean, it, and isn't that great life advice in general? Right. right exactly. <laughs> um, talk about, and I think this is fading because there are so many more kids that are being homeschooled now. So many more kids in one way or another outside of the public school setting. And that looks lots of different ways, but homeschooling is definitely grown a lot. So I think that this sentiment has changed a lot, but there's been this kind of idea, like, how am I going to socialize my kids outside of, you know, some type of formal schooling? Um, Obviously, you mentioned your your co-op. So tell us a little bit more about that, as well as, you know, what are the opportunities that you seek in order to help the kids to have plenty of opportunities to socialize? Right. Yeah, I definitely think that's kind of a stigma that is going away. I read recently that just in North Carolina, I think 8% Mm -hmm. of children are homeschooled now. Yeah. Um, So that's a huge, that's a pretty big number. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, social media has helped a lot because there's a lot of groups that you can join local to your area um, that have a lot of great information. Um, I am in a classical conversations uh, group and we meet once a week and it's it's a great opportunity to not only do the kids get to hang out with their friends and other kids, but the parents are getting to know each other too. And so we're sharing a lot of information with each other, but we schedule uh, field trips together, which, you know, we can, we can go anytime we want. (laughs) So that's nice. Um, But so we're able to schedule field trips together. There's a lot of local options, like if people are local to this area, there's um, FHE, it's like Forsyth um, Sports. So there's a lot of sports options. I think even in some areas, there are certain uh, private schools that will let homeschool children join the athletic programs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or we have one of those. <laughs> Do you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those are mm-hmm. uh, those are great. And and so many people now, I feel like, are um, they've had relationships like our kids that they knew each other before they even started school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they don't probably see each other as much now as if they were attending the same school, but they still do get together and we hang out on days that they're out of school. And um, so just kind of keeping that those relationships alive is great too. Sure. Yeah. And your kids are involved in activities from time to time, you know, just like any other extracurricular. I know a lot of kids at um, the Taekwondo where my, my kids go are homeschooled. And I actually, I think that like some of our, like some of the, swimming and gymnastics and places around our area at least even have like daytime opportunities for kids that are homeschooled so that they're not having to do things in the evening which to me that's amazing because evenings get real busy (laughs) yes I love when they have those options Uh, you know it's kind of it's beneficial for everyone they're able to fill more time slots for them and I don't have to rush around at dinner so (laughs) right are there any resources that you would suggest um you know maybe a book or, or a podcast or anything like that, that you might um, suggest for anyone that's wanting to explore perhaps getting started? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that I read weren't the the first book I read wasn't specifically a homeschool book. It was the Raising Boys by um, Dr. Dobson. Oh, yeah. He did have a portion in it that kind of that talked about homeschool and that really resonated with me. Um, if you're considering classical education, which is what I do with, uh, with the boys. Um, so it's kind of more of a traditional way of learning. Um, I, I read the core, which is, um, by Lee Borden's, I think. Um, and, um, and that one was really helpful just kind of in getting started, but I probably should listen to more podcasts on it, but there's, not yeah. as much. I know some people that that listen to a lot and they love them. Um, but I do a lot on YouTube too. Like yeah. I kind of search for specific. I, I generally, when I'm looking for information, I'm like I'm wanting to search for the specific thing that I need an answer to, or mm-hmm. that like a help in um in teaching something in particular. There's a lot of really great uh, resources on YouTube, like songs or stories or something that you can use to accompany learning something um, that are catchy. Cause I don't consider myself a very creative person. Mm. Um, so I lean on other people's creativity and I pass that along to my kids. Right there with you, right there with you. Yeah. Uh, I know two podcasts that I listen to regularly that are both homeschooling moms that don't necessarily give like specific tips on topics, but talk about it more in a general way that fit into your life and, um, you know, purposes and that kind of thing. And one of those is Courageous Parenting. That's just a great parenting mm-hmm. podcast. And another one is um, Heidi St. John. And um, she is running for Congress right now, but she still talks yeah. about homeschooling a lot. So those are two that I, I listen to that, you know, kind of help to get into that whole frame of mind. But I just think it's really great that you know, one of the things that is great about technology, because we talk badly about technology a lot, is that um, there are so many opportunities for moms to be home and to school their kids if they want to, and also to be involved in other things, to be able to creatively work and that type of thing. And so that's one, we'll give technology a little prop for that. Um, <laughs> right. Just a little one, but... 
Um, well, and there are some some things that I follow, like on Instagram, that's what is called more of unschooling, which is kind of a lot more freedom in your Yes, we, so. we talk about that because that's when, when I first saw that term, I was like, well, that sounds kind of scary. But what is unschooling? <laughs> how would you... Well, how would you describe the difference between like classical education that you're doing and unschooling? It's, it, and I'm kind of new to unschooling. So from what I'm gathering from it is that it's more of just this really unstructured way of schooling, letting your children explore and learn <laughs> things for themselves and, you know, learn how to think critically and um, assess things around them. I know I had a friend that met a mom um, who her children were grown. I think one was a doctor and one was um, worked for NASA or something. So, you know, they turned out okay. And Mm -hmm. he said that she never bought a single, a single curriculum. They just read, they read, Mm -hmm. read, read constantly. And their, her kids were able to absorb so much information from just devouring books. And they were able to hone in on their interests and like what they were um, what they were well suited for career wise. And I'm probably not, you know, able to go that far. <laughs> I probably, right. you know, I, I worry so much about making sure they're learning the right things. Um, but I, I think it's great if you can do that. And if you're, if you feel comfortable doing that. And I think that's one of the great things about homeschooling is that it is so personal and you can tailor it to your family and to your kids, the way I teach my oldest is very different from the way I teach my middle because they're very different people. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I kind of have to, I don't know that, I don't know that teaching um, my middle the same way I I taught my oldest would even work well for me. So, so there's a lot of flexibility and you can kind of tailor it to that particular child. Sure. Sure. And I can totally see that in your kids. Um, Right. (laughs) What, what do you think? I'm, you know, I I would imagine that there are moments where it can be hard to wear the mom hat and the teacher hat at the same time, especially if there's any, like, I just think about my oldest child and um, our two months of me being his teacher. And there was, and perhaps it's that we're not used to it either, but there definitely were some moments when he kind of would uh, buck up against, you know, kind of being a know-it-all sort of thing. And sort of that is his personality. He has a very strong personality. So do I. We sometimes clash because we're a lot alike. Um, how do you kind of different take your mom hat off, put your teacher hat on, and, and vice versa when you have to? Like, how do you separate those things when needed? I, you know, I'm not really sure that I fully do. Okay. Um, I think especially, I mean, it's easy to take the teacher hat off in the, like with the rest of the day, because I'm not naturally drawn towards that anyway. I have to be very intentional about teaching. Uh Um, But I think sometimes there's a difference when, I mean, especially with my, you know, my, my middle son, he doesn't really know much different at this point. And my oldest really only went to preschool. So um, I think sometimes them not knowing any different works to my advantage. Sure. Um, And they also know that, you know, when mom's teacher, there is no escaping like any consequences from school. There's no chance that like your teacher doesn't tell your mom something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of times, you know, if they are giving me, you know, if we're having struggles at school, they know that the afternoon is going to go differently. You know, maybe some of their freedoms are going to be a little bit, you know, they might have some more consequences in the afternoon. They might have to do something extra, you know. Um, right. So 
a lot of times that, you know, those types of things can work to your advantage. <laughs> sure. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. And I guess, yes, for me, it was certainly like, well, that's not how my teacher teaches it. You know, it was a lot of that, but, right. uh, <laughs> which, which I'm sure you can imagine how that went down. But, um, but what I did recognize was how much we could get done in a not very long period of time when it was just, you know, the two of us, because what you're saying is you're starting, I mean, you're talking about maybe a couple to three hours a day, would you say at this point or? Yes. Yeah. And that would probably just be with my oldest, the, um, my middle son is probably even less. Mm -hmm. So, and some of, sometimes my oldest can take a little bit longer, but that's also because he's doing things on his own. Um, and so it kind of goes at the speed in which he wants to get done. I mean, if he is distracted or takes, you know, gets distracted by other things on his desk, then he's going to be there longer. And Mm -hmm. that's one of those things that's nice to be able to teach at home too. I mean, he's, he's eight, so he's young and hopefully he'll learn at a young age not to procrastinate and that there's value in, you know, focusing and getting your work done and then being able to do other things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, totally. Well, and I think, I love, I think what stood out to me the most that we discussed today was really about finding those that have gone before you just like in anything else and really um, securing that mentorship. And then of course, passing it on as well. Right. Cause I'm sure that in the time that you've been doing this, you've been able to help a lot of other moms get started and that's how God has designed us to be in those communities and to be in those mentorship and menteeship um, relationships that really help us to do hard things and to pass that expertise forward. And I'm sure that you're wonderful at that too. So, um, well, I think the, the moms that I valued so much were the ones that were really honest with me and mm-hmm. did not make it seem like they, Oh, I do all these things and it's just wonderful. And these are just magical moments that you have with your kids and everything's wonderful. They were the moms that were like, Oh no, that's hard. That's terrible. Like that wasn't fun. And yeah. so I try to be that for other people. I try to pull that veil aside mm-hmm. and say, you know, oh yeah, no, this is not always fun. And sometimes there are tears and sometimes we just stop doing things for the day because um, my patience has run out or, right. or their patience has run out and right. we all go through that and it's okay. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think it's one of those things where just like anything else in parenting, we realize that, um, as we are able to look backwards to realize that we worried so much about milestones and so many things that end up just kind of working themselves out. And I imagine that schooling is much the same. I mean, obviously children struggle in different ways in schooling and um, arguably it would be easier to identify that when you're schooling them yourself. But um, I imagine that looking back, you can kind of lower that bar and say, okay, this is all going to work. Like, you know, one of my good friends who has five kids, she homeschools, you know, her youngest decided she didn't feel like trying to read till she was seven. And she's like, whatever, that's fine. She's still going to learn to read. So um, not putting that pressure on ourselves or our kids uh, can be really great. And what a great way to be able to tailor their education to them and their strengths and when they're ready for things too. So yeah, absolutely. Anyway, well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today, Taryn. I always, I'm telling y'all, she she's on with work, and she <laughs> she like somehow can have all this happening around her, and 
her brain works better than mine most of the time. And I'm so <laughs> impressed all the time. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, Taryn, for joining us today. Thanks for all you do behind the scenes and um, for ins- giving us awesome inspiration and encouragement. And if anybody needs to be connected with Taryn because you want to explore homeschooling further, let me know and I can help you find her. So thanks so much and appreciate you and everybody have a great day.